This podcast episode reflects the opinions of the guests and not of Brown Rudnick. This episode is presented for informational purposes only and is not intended to be construed or used as general legal advice nor a solicitation of any type. Brown Rudnick does not represent that the securities, products, or services discussed in this podcast are suitable for any particular investor. On today's podcast, we are speaking with Jeremy Hine and Tim Humphreys from Magtor. Magtor is the developer and producer of a direct linear electric motor that is more efficient than conventional motors. Jeremy is a qualified engineer whose work has resulted in more than 50 patents and is the co-founder and CTO of Magtor. Tim is an attorney with significant experience advising companies producing disruptive technologies and serves as Chief Legal Officer of Magtor. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Great. So to kick off, Jeremy, could you kind of guide us through what Magdor does and what sets it apart from a conventional electric motor? Um, yeah, sure, sure. At uh, its simplest, our motor can be seen as an electromagnetic piston, which converts electricity to linear motion, and this in both directions. So Magdor is a linear motor and therefore contains no rotating parts. It uses long-distance attractive and repulsive forces between magnets and electromagnets that are facing each other to achieve back-and-forth motion of the moving part. This is where we differ from existing linear motors, where the moving parts are oscillating within a coil, and where magnetic interactions occur at the center of the electromagnet. Within a Magdor motor, the electromagnet center is a magnetic vacuum where no magnetic interaction can take place. Where did the idea for Magtor come from and how did you get involved in this company? There have been devices using magnetic attraction and repulsion forces for quite a long time, but most of them were aiming to generate a rotary motion. But when you consider magnetic interactions, you realize that where they are the most effective is when the poles of the involved magnets are aligned, facing each other. Unfortunately, this generally also corresponds to a dead point when you try to transfer the motion to a rotating axis. On the other hand, linear motion is used everywhere to carry out many different tasks, but this motion is generally derived from a rotary motor through the use of a crankshaft. The Magtor ID is derived from these two observations and intends to get the rotary side out of the equation, if I may say so namely to use magnetic attraction and repulsion forces to perform directly a linear work. This is initially Martin Marschner who came to me with this idea and also brought the basic principles of the linear actuator which uses attraction and repulsion. And I must say I was teased and we started to work together on the first versions of an electromagnetic pistol. But rapidly a major question was raised. Uh, considering the relative simplicity of the basic operating principles, how come it was not already existing? Although working flawlessly on the paper, we have learned by doing that there were hidden problems which prevented an efficient use of the principles. And as an engineer, I see problems as solutions to be found. And I think that no one before us was crazy enough to persist in looking for the solutions. It took us five years and an amazing team to crack the issues and come up with a solution. And then the Magtor motor was eventually born. And then I joined Magtor and I've been working with the team since uh, 2012. 
Brilliant. So it sounds like you've got quite an amazing team built around you to develop the technology. So who are the other key team members? Yeah, I would name. So out of um, Martin Marsh, who I mentioned earlier, who is the co-founder and co-inventor of uh, the MacTor drive. He's also acting as uh, our group chairman. I would also mention uh, Miralyum Nedelkov, who runs our R&D facility in Austria, and he also oversees the production of demonstrators and prototypes from design to testing and validation phases. Tim, you know, we've heard here how the direct electric linear motor is substantially more efficient. Can you explain how important it is to make essential appliances and equipment more efficient in terms of fighting climate change? Very good question. It, I often see it said that energy efficiency is the first fuel, and I think that's a, a very true statement. Producing more efficient appliances for homes and businesses is essential in helping along the road to net zero. And this is certainly the view of the European Union, who have recently recategorized the efficiency ratings for domestic appliances. And I think that the post Brexit Britain is following line with this. The old A to G plus A plus 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 very confusing system has been scrapped and a much simpler A to G system has been put in place with effect from earlier this year. So your current A plus fridge may now be rated as a C. So they've changed the criteria, which are much more demanding. And what they've done, they've almost completely freed up the A category, the top grade category, which is for now, I think, almost completely empty. And they're waiting for new dramatically more efficient products to be added to to help with this task. And you can see why Brussels is thinking this way, because in the average home, fridges and air air conditioning consume about 60% of all electricity used. And this figure is set to increase as the world continues to warm, and more and more homes, particularly in the developing world, buy room air conditioning units and fridges. The International Energy Authority estimates that demand for air conditioning alone will triple between now and 2050. And to put this in a little bit of context, this is the equivalent of adding all of China and all of India's electricity consumption today. So a very large figure. Reducing this consumption by any meaningful manner will not be possible based on the current rotary-based technology that Jeremy was talking about. These traditional rotary motors reached the limits of their development potential over a decade ago, and manufacturers are now focusing on peripheral elements Uh, such as variable speed compressors, to try and wring out a little bit of extra efficiency. In a nutshell, it's time for a fundamental upgrade to the electric motor world, to rotary motors that have been around for over 100 years now. Electric motors generally consume nearly two-thirds of all electricity consumed globally, so it's easy to see the improvements that can be brought by increasing electrical efficiency along the lines of the 33-plus percent offered by Magtor. By switching to Magtor-based compressors, consumers will benefit from lower electricity bills, manufacturers will benefit from lower production costs, and finally, and probably most importantly, the planet will benefit from lower CO2 emissions. That sounds absolutely fantastic. So what type of applications are best suited for Magtor's motor? That's an excellent question, and the response is given by the force profile that we deliver. Indeed, the force profile delivered by the Magtor motor perfectly fits a compression profile where the required strength of force is increasing while the volume is decreasing. Therefore, compression applications are native applications for the Magtor motor. At what stage in the development process is Magdor in? We have reached a technology readiness level of 6 out of 9, with the technology being demonstrated in a relevant environment. We're now starting the deployment phase, so that's the effective beginning of the startup 
phase where we bring the products to the market, get out of our bat cave and go to the world. What markets is Magtor currently in and what is the market opportunity? So our first products are uh, compression and pumping products, especially in the fields of uh, air compression and uh, water pumping. And we're moving then to uh, HVAC and refrigeration areas with uh, thermal machines built on top of a uh, Magtor drive system in order to generate either uh, cold like for refrigeration and air conditioning, or heat, like heat pumps. We'd then be moving as well to mobile applications, so literally AC and heating uh, for vehicles. Tim, Mactor has a number of patents and is currently in the process of seeking more. Can you explain how important these patents are to Magtor's business? It's impossible to understate the importance of these patents to our business. Uh, absolutely vital is the, the only way of putting it. The core of our business is as a technology developer and protecting our tech and continuously expanding that protection will will enable Magtor to develop over the decades to come and to protect us against copycat products. Our market is a global one and we have focused our IP strategy since the first um, days in 2012 on protection in the key world markets. We At the moment, we have 55 granted patents uh, we have three in the US, uh, two in Europe, three in China, and three in Japan, and we cover about 85% of the, the world's GDP. We already have five robust patent families, and we have a strategy based on adding a further three families, and this will be launched shortly and rolled out uh, over the coming years. Tim, with respect to funding, what have you raised to date? How much are you looking to raise? And how will the investment capital be deployed, please, Tim? In our current funding round, we are looking for 2 million euros, and we're currently at 60% of this target. The funding that we are raising and will continue to raise will be used mostly for technology development, as you might expect, especially to fund the next generation of the Magtor Drive. And we will be aiming to achieve TRL 7 out of 9 with this next uh, development round, together with Magtor-driven applications in the air compression and water pumping sectors. In addition to that, we'll be using the money to expand our technology demonstrator fields, HVAC. We will be working with partners to produce M products. We'll be expanding our marketing and sales teams. And of course, we will be continuing to expand our IP portfolio. Tim, is there something that you've learned in building Magtor that you think could be really useful for other clean tech companies just starting out? Yeah, this is a very easy one. Never give up. We've developed a completely new area of tech over the last decade, and this has involved an enormous amount of perseverance. We've faced people dismissing the technology, saying that 10 years is a long time to develop our product and it cannot therefore be any good. We've had others saying that, yeah, they liked our tech, but they wouldn't be interested in using it for their products since they were already making enough money. So no thank you, goodbye. At times it was very dispiriting, uh, to be honest. However, we never ever gave up. And suddenly this year, after years of, of, of efforts, we suddenly reached the tipping point. A real a dramatic is the only word for it, change in companies and the world's attitude. In the last six months, after being selected for the Greenbackers 26 for COP26 program, and after appearing on the excellent Just Have a Think YouTube channel, the phone has not stopped ringing. Instead of us banging on people's doors to ask them if they would be interested in using our technology, we've received and continue to receive every day a large number of unsolicited calls from 
large household names asking if they can work with us. If you were a clean tech company just setting out, I would have to congratulate you on your timing, as I think the world has become much more recently a much more receptive place to technology that can make a real difference to our planet. Wonderful. That's really great advice. It was a pleasure speaking with both of you today. If people want to get in touch, how can they reach out? We would be delighted to hear from any of you. And the best ways to contact us are through the portal on our website. You can alternatively reach us through the Greenbackers deal platform. And we are also active on uh, LinkedIn. And uh, that's the, also one of the best sources to follow us if you want to get some news about the technology. And uh, finally, I would like to state that uh, uh, we received a, a lot of requests recently, but we respond to every single email we receive. So don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Thank you so much, Jeremy and Tim, for joining us today. Um, that was all very inspiring. And we also just want to say a big thank you to Greenbackers for putting together the Super Pitch. Be sure to check out all of the companies participating in the Super Pitch at greenbackers.com. If you have feedback on today's episode, please contact communications at brownrudnick.com. Thanks for listening.